Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 180 of the podcast that was originally recorded on October 9th of 2017. A day or so late to be released, but hey, we did get this one out this week. Let's talk about a few of the games that I played this week. We played a little Downforce, some Drop Mix, some Magic Maze, and a little San Juan. I also, of course, talked about a few of the games that I want to play. Enjoy the episode. Hey gamers, welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now and welcome to episode 180 of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. As always, you can send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to whatimplayingnow at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on BoardGameGeek. We have a guild over there. We are guild number 2440. Look for the What I'm Playing Now guild on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us there at What I'm Playing Now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say on Facebook. Just do a search for What I'm Playing Now. Our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. And on YouTube, you can subscribe to us and follow us there at youtube.com slash what I'm playing now. All right, we are in the midst of still trying to get our little home studio kind of put together. Our one room is pretty much all painted. We're finishing up some things tomorrow and moving um, some of the bedroom set down there this week and hopefully getting a gaming table brought upstairs and getting some videos back online here shortly. I do apologize for being a day or so late with the podcast on Sunday between work and um, having to visit my mother for her birthday. It was kind of a busy day and I didn't have time to actually do a recording. So I decided to actually skip going down to my friendly local game store on this lovely Monday evening and wanted to get a podcast put together, which probably will not be edited and released until Tuesday. So I'll be a day or so late, but we're getting one in because we did play some good games. Let's jump into some of the games we played for this past week. One of the first games we played when I went down to my local game store last week, we had a good group of people that showed up. It was a really busy night down there. And the first game we got to the table, a little game that I had been wanting to play for quite a while called Downforce from Restoration Games. This is a really interesting racing game that uses a real nice deck of cards, has a nice kind of bidding mechanic to it and an auction at the beginning of the game. Let's go through a little bit of how the game is actually played, and then I'll give you some of my thoughts on what I thought about the game once we were done playing. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to deal out cards. There's 42 cards. You're going to deal those out to all the players. We were playing a four-player game. In a four- or five-player game, there will be two cards that are left over. Before you actually do that, though, you're going to make sure you want to separate out the cards that have the eight, the number eight on them. There will be one of each color. There will also be a blue deck of power cards. Those power cards and those eight speed cards will be set off to the side. After that, you're going to deal the cards out to everybody. You're going to have these driver plaques, which are basically one for each color. They're square cards that will be set there. And you're going to randomly place all the cars onto the starting track. And then you're going to begin the auction. To begin the auction, you're going to go ahead and flip over the top card in that 8-speed deck. So you're going to be revealing a color that has an 8-speed on there. You're also going to flip over one of the power cards. And you're then going to go around the table, try to see who is going to bid the most for that And by bidding, you're just going to look at the cards you have in your hand. Let's say the orange card was flipped over. If I want this card and I want this particular power and I want to control the orange car, 
everybody's actually going to be controlling the cars throughout this game. But if I want to be the one that is maybe going to try to push orange, because let's say maybe I have a lot of orange cards in my hand. So I'm going to try to get orange over the, you know, the finish line first. By doing that, I will get more points at the end of the game if I am the one who actually owns it and purchased it, purchased it during the auction here. To do that, I'm going to take a card from my hand that has a high speed count on it and place that down. Now, the card that you put down will be returned to you at the end of that particular auction. There's going to be an auction for every color car. So you're it, depending on the number of people that you're playing with or even in a four-player game, there are some people that may end up with multiple cars and multiple. they will own multiple vehicles during the race like I did. I think I owned the red and black car during our race. There are a couple of little tricks that you need to pay attention to during the auction. If somebody basically wants to basically skip, they can just say that they're putting down a card and they're kind of passing, that they're really not interested in it. They could play uh, basically a card that doesn't have that color on it. If somebody actually doesn't have a color on the card, they can still bet by placing a wild card down there, I believe it is. If there are two people who put down the same number, so let's say I put down, I was going for that orange card, and I put down a six orange movement, and somebody else puts down a six orange movement, the person who has the most movement colors on their card will be the one to win. If that is still a tie, the person who doesn't have a wild showing um, will be the winner as well. So you're going to go around the table. You're going to get all the cards and all the powers um, divvied up and make sure everybody has what they need in regards to that. One of the things you're going to need to make sure you do during the auction, everybody's going to have a little score pad in front of them. When you put down the card based on the movement for that particular car that you want to purchase. So let's say I put down that six orange. I will need to write down a six next to the orange car as I basically paid six million for this car. That money or points will be deducted from my score at the end of the game when you're doing end game scoring. So you really need to kind of judge how much you want to pay for a card, how badly you want a particular car and how much you want to control it. Or if you really want somebody else to maybe have it, and then you just maybe bet on that car during the time as you try to push it over the finish line. So there's a lot of different strategies you can do during the auction phase here, which I thought was a really cool auction, and it was a lot of fun. Playing the game, whoever has the car that's in the pole position is going to put down their card first, and they will essentially move all of the cards that are on that card. But I did jump ahead of myself a little bit because one of the things you need to do before you actually start racing, the power card that you actually chose, you if you actually purchased multiple vehicles, you need to throw out any extra ones as you are only allowed to have one of those power cards with you during the race. So like I stated, I had owned the red and black car. I chose the actual um, power card that let me move two additional spaces if my car only moved through rectangular spaces during the race. I can't remember what that actual card actually was called. Let me look it up here in the rulebook real quick. I believe that power was called the determined power. And from what it sounds like in talking to a couple of people, that seems to be a very popular power for the people who win this game because I actually did win it, but we're jumping ahead of ourselves. So let's get back to playing the game. We're going to go ahead and put down a movement card. I'm going to go ahead and move all of the cars based on the color that are on that card. And we're going to move them in the order that they are shown from top to bottom. I get to move those cars. If anybody does have any particular powers that could allow them to move a particular car, 
because there are some different powers that do that. You know, everybody wants to really be paying attention to this game because you don't want to miss out on utilizing any of your powers. You're going to kind of rinse and repeat this throughout the whole game. Everybody's going to be putting cards down and moving all the different cars. That's the interesting thing about this. You are moving pretty much all cars. There's there's no way you're not going to be able to move cars that you probably don't own. You're always going to be moving somebody's cars. It's just how far you're moving those cars based on the numbers of that are based on the cards that you're playing into play. So that's pretty much what's going to be happening. When a wild um, is shown up on the card, the player that plays that card will get to choose what color is actually going to move. It cannot be one of the other colors that are already on the card, of course, unless if they have a particular power that lets them do that. So, of course, there's powers that will change all different things that you really got to pay attention to. And that does make the game very engaging and fun while you're playing. Playing it. There are three different yellow spots on the board, which are going to be your betting lines. Uh, the first car that passes over the first yellow line, everybody's going to basically mark down on their sheet what car that or what car that they think will be the winner of the race. When we played our game, I my red car was in the lead from the beginning. I chose my red car pretty much for all three of the betting areas, as my car was the first one to hit all three of the betting areas, which I, I had a good time with. Playing the board, we played with four players. We probably should have played the other side of the board. There were a couple of bottlenecks that we ran into, but the real interesting thing with this game is the bottlenecks can slow you down, but it's really easy to get through those bottlenecks because there was one time where I stopped my red car kind of in a corner, and I was trying to just have everybody kind of just back up behind me. But the player that was to my left could play a card that had a red on there. And then they could move that red, my red car, pretty much out of the way and try to just mess me up from what I was trying to do with the red car. And so there are a lot of different ways you can move if somebody is trying to play a blocking game because you're probably going to have a card in your hand that will allow you to move the block car. So there is never any time in the game where the whole turn, you know, where the whole round, nobody was able to move because pretty much everybody was able to move by just moving a car they may not have wanted to move that game, but you had to just to get it out of the way of being blocked. So that was some of the strategy that I was playing in trying to keep the cars a little closer together. I think my black car initially had fallen quite far behind at the beginning of the race. It was it took me a little while to catch up, but somehow I actually did. And I believe my red car came in first and my black car actually came in second. So I had a really good score at the end of the game, even though I think I had subtracted a good... 12,000, 10, I think 10,000 is what I deducted for my score. I think I paid six for the red car and four for the black car. So as far as the race goes, that's pretty much what you're doing. Everybody's going to be playing cards. Everybody's going to be moving the cars on the cards based on the numbers that are there. You're going to be using your powers to jockey your cars into different positions. There are some different movement rules as far as, you know, maybe not moving a car the full distance by sliding it in behind another car and then it not being able to. You can do different little tricks like that if, you know, you're moving a car that is an opponent's and you really don't want to move it the full amount. There are a couple of different little tricks you can do like that, which I thought is interesting. But I had a really good time with this game. I think everybody at the table actually enjoyed it. I can't wait to play this one again. I want to get in a two-player game of this with my wife. Like I said, we actually played a four-player game, which I thought played quite well. I wouldn't mind trying a five-player game. I've heard some different things on the two-player game in that there's just really 
you know, t- a little too much spread out and everything. And it's, it's just a little different. I've heard from what I've, you know, a couple of different things I've read about the game and heard, but I really want to try it with two player. I really enjoyed this game at four player. I think the cars look really sharp. The board looks really sharp. The cards are really have a really nice feel to them. They give you a huge stack of sheets for the scorekeeping for everybody. Uh, my buddy Dave and I had already mentioned we will probably laminate some of these and just use dry erase because I had brought down my box, but it was the first time we were actually playing. And I think we actually used Dave's copy actually for the game. So I still have yet to actually play my copy. I really kind of want to, so I need to make sure I can teach this game to my wife and get a game in with her. But that's Drop Force from Restoration Games. Check that one out if you like racing games, if you're into auctions, and it is a really good game. I really enjoyed that one. After that, my buddy Eric stopped down at the store, and he had the new game called Drop Mix. This is from the makers. This is from the creators Harmonix. They're actually more known for the Rock Band series that you probably know, the video game series of Rock Band. They actually have, I guess you could call it somewhat of a board game because there is a board to it um, that is still based around music. It's an interesting little card game. There is going to be a board between the two players and you're going to need some sort of app, probably a tablet or your phone or anything, that is going to be connected to this board via Bluetooth. Each player is going to start with a deck of cards. I believe each deck is going to have 30 cards in there. There's going to be two deck, two decks of 15 cards each from two types of different musical genres that have kind of different colors on the cards. I believe there's red, there's there's yellow, red, blue, green, and then there's also a white, which is kind of just like different sounds. And the yellows are going to be audio tracks. The reds are going to be more like guitar riffs. The blue is kind of like your baseline, I believe, your rhythm. The green is more percussion, I think it is. I think that's the color of the cards. Each player is going to shuffle up their 30 cards. They're going to set each deck onto the board, and there's RF receivers kind of like in all the cards. So that board that you're playing on is actually an electronic board. It actually reads all the cards that are in your deck, knows what cards you're playing with, and then you're going to be playing a game against each other, and I believe you play up to 21. for score wise on your turn you're going to start off with a deck uh, or a hand of five cards in your hand and you're going to be able to do two actions you can play a card onto the board in one of the spots you're going to have to match a color onto from the color of your card onto the color on the board and there's different spots that allow you to play different colors on there and when you put a card onto the board it actually starts playing a kind of like a mix of music and you're going to be mixing in all these different genres of music all these different artists different songs different sounds and it actually starts playing a song as you're playing all these different cards so like i mentioned you're going to get two actions on your turn so you can play two cards down if you want or you can play a card and then the other thing you could do they have a what's called the drop mix button on there the drop mix button is going to randomly have something happen to your opponent they could possibly have remove a card from being put down there possibly remove all their level three cards the cards appear to have different levels to them in the upper left hand corner of the card i believe there's like a little bar it could have one two or three bars on there when you're putting the cards down onto the drop mix tablet in front of you you will have to put down a card that is higher in level than the card already there so you can actually place cards on top of each other this game is really interesting if you haven't 
heard about this, which I hadn't until my buddy Eric told me about this thing, I instantly went out there and start watching some YouTube video videos on this one to see what the hell this game was about. And I sat there and I was like, wow, this looks really cool. After playing it, I'm not too sure I'm going to add it to my collection, mainly because that base board that you need to actually play the game on is a hundred bucks. There's a lot of different cards that they're coming out with, with different songs, just like Harmonix did with um, Rock Band. They released a lot of different, you know, music afterwards. I have a feeling they're going to release a lot of different songs after this game comes out. It seems they're, they already have a lot of different packs. Now, the packs that you can purchase are not blind packs. You do know what type of cards you're getting in there, what songs you're getting, so you know that you'll be able to fill out your collection and not just be buying blind boosters like you were for a collectible card game kudos to them on that i'm glad that they, they they didn't go that route but basically what you're trying to do is you're trying to just build different songs and create different mixes and every time you play a card down you're pretty much going to get a point for there there are also going to be times where different areas on the board will have a will be able to give you a bonus point some of the white cards i believe let you do different abilities like some of the different abilities you could do are making playing playing down an extra card and there there's just a multitude of different things you can actually do by playing the white cards which have that ability on there everything is pretty much told to you you know through your smart device you know that you kind of have hooked up to this thing it has an app that you're going to need to download it tells you how many cards you should have in your hand at the end of the turn it tells you your score it pretty much tells you who's winning the game if you can actually get all the mixes on your side of the board you basically control all the slots on there, you get some additional points for that. And it basically ends up being the first person to be able to get to 21 is the winner of the game. Really cool, really interesting. A little bit of a novelty, I think, which is one of the reasons why I don't know if I'm going to add this one to my collection. I really liked it. I had a great time with it, but I just don't know how many times I would get this one to the table, and I don't know why I'm kind of saying that for this particular game, because most of the board games that I purchase usually make it to the table a couple of times. There are there are some games that make it to the table way more than others, and I usually do tend to play a game multiple times when purchasing it, but sometimes we're just buying so many games here, so I have things to talk about on the podcast. It's kind of just hard to keep up with everything and go back and play some of those games multiple times, but this is one for the investment. It's super cool. It was a little hard hearing all the music down at the game store because when we were playing it that night at the game store, there were a lot of people there and it was really loud and we didn't want to turn up the music and just try to drown out everybody else. We thought that that would be rather inconsiderate of us. So we were trying to be considerate gamers and actually play it at a nice volume, which we did. We had a great time with the game. Like I said, I really liked it. I wouldn't mind picking this thing up, but I'm still kind of on the fence of it. I need to maybe play it one more time. They have a couple of different modes to the game, I guess you could say. We played a one versus one. You could do a one versus two, a two versus two. So there's a lot of different ways you can actually play the game and interact with it and everything. Like I said, if you haven't seen this game yet, if you haven't heard of it, Definitely go out to YouTube, watch some videos on it. There are some really great videos that Harmonix has released on this one um, with the designer of the game. He's actually in one of them where they're going through a nice rules explanation and showing you a lot of the different things in the game. It is super cool, and it's very interesting that Harmonix has gone and swayed, I guess you could say, a little bit off of the video game route and gone to a little bit of a board game mix here. But it's it's actually a super cool device, and I think it's pretty cool. And that is called Drop Mix. After that, we got in, I wasn't going to talk about this next game because we really didn't play the full game, and that's Magic Maze. 
There were a couple of us at the table that liked it. There were a couple of us at the table that didn't like it. And we played through a couple of the maps. And after we got into like the third map, some of us were just like, okay, we're kind of done with this. I thought it was okay. I need to try it one more time. Sometimes I'm not a huge fan of real-time games, which this one is. And if you're not familiar with Magic Maze, what you're doing in this game is each player is controlling a different color or has a different type of movement card in front of them. You're trying to get the different colors of the characters through the dungeon onto different spots on the board. You're trying to get them maybe to get to their key spot, and they're trying to get them to exit the maze. And the interesting part about this game is there's no talking throughout the game. You're not supposed to communicate. You're not supposed to talk. You have a little kind of like red wooden meeple that you can maybe place in front of somebody or tap maybe in front of somebody to try to get their attention to let them know, hey, there's something on the board that I think you possibly should be doing. You can't tell them what that is. They need to figure it out for themselves. And if they don't figure it out, they're going to sit there. They're going to get frustrated. You're going to sit there. You're going to get frustrated. And I think that was my biggest hurdle with this game. There were several of us who had not played before. And I, for one, didn't understand my full movement capabilities and what I was able to do. And after the first or second maze, I was just thoroughly frustrated because I didn't know what I should be doing at that time. And I was just like, okay, I'm just kind of done with this right now. And I just wanted to move on to something else. I need to get this game to the table again. I've heard it's very popular. A lot of people are liking it. I've played real-time games before, like some of the ones from Renegade Studios. And I've liked those like Fuse and their other newer one that they had released, Flatline. I liked both of those. I thought those were a little different as far as being able to see a much more of a strategy and working together than this maze where you're trying to just get people to just move in a particular direction. Like the movement I had was maybe like I can move the character to the left. So I'm only able to move characters to the left. So anytime they got to a spot in a hallway where they needed, I'd move them all the way down or move them to a particular spot. I also had the teleport feature where I was able to teleport characters to different spots on the board, which I didn't fully understand when we started playing the game until like the second maze when Eric had mentioned something to me. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize I could do that. That's would have been a good to know for the first maze. So it was it looks really cool. It's a very interesting game. Definitely try it out. I need to try it again because, like I said, we didn't make it through the whole thing. We were just playing through a couple of the tutorial mazes, but I really can't say yay or nay to this one. So we're kind of going to leave it at that and move on to the next game that we went on to for the night. So after Magic Maze, we jumped over to a game. I've talked about this one before, I believe, probably once or twice on the podcast. So I'm not going to dwell on this one too, too much. I like to get into some of the things I'd like to play for the week which I know I'm going to get to the table. The game that we played here at the end of the night was a little card game called San Juan. This is a classic game. It was the new edition of the game. We had a great time with it. I actually played probably my best game of San Juan that I have ever played before. My buddy Eric actually keeps stats in his BG Stats app, and I have that app too. I just don't record every single game I play like he does. And I really wish I did because he actually pulled up some of our old scores. And I think I had actually doubled my score from the last time I had played this game, but I was able to get off to a very nice engine going. And I didn't think I was doing that well. I thought everybody was pretty much playing an even game, but when it got towards the end, when I saw how many victory points I had and some of the extra cards that I actually took towards the end of the game and thinking about end game scoring, since I knew how to play the game, 
it paid off quite well for me. I was very surprised with how well the game turned out for me. And that's San Juan. Similar to Puerto Rico, the mechanics, if you're not familiar with it, is you're going to have the player whose turn it is, is going to take an action. Everybody else on the at the table will get to do a follow-up action, which will be similar to the person who actually took the action, but it won't be as good of an action. They may have to pay a little bit more. It won't be as, you know, it won't be as much of a payoff as the person who actually whose turn it is. But really interesting game. I really like San Juan. I need to get one of these games added to my collection because I have a feeling my wife would really like one of these games. And I don't have some of these older games into my collection like Puerto Rico or San Juan or anything. And I probably need to break down, add a couple of those into my collection because some of those older games are games I just don't have and just never purchased. All right, so those are the games we've played for the week. Let's jump into a few of the things that I want to get to the table. So sitting behind me, which I'm actually going to open up and read through the rules again. Um, so hopefully my wife and I can get this game to the table tomorrow night is a brand new game from Portal Games, and it is called Alien Artifacts. I've been reading about this game lately. It is similar to Imperial Settlers, kind of similar also to 51st State. If you listen to the podcast regularly, you'll know 51st State was Definitely at my uh, during you know am on my top ten games last year. We're gonna find out if Alien Artifacts can make it into the top ten for this year. So far, it looks really cool. Uh, I did try to sleeve the cards earlier. It doesn't look like sleeve cards are fitting back into the insert. The insert in the game looks beautiful. The cards are a very nice have a very nice linen finish to them. Very nice quality. All the components in the box look really great. This is a four X style game, so you have ships, technology, and planets. You're going to start off purchasing cards with cards at the left side of your tableau. You're going to then try to get those cards and build them, which will move them over to the right side of your tableau. On the right side, you can do one of two actions with the card. On the one side, it will give you certain bonuses. On the other side, it'll give you an action or something. It looks like a really interesting type of strategy game that is completely a 4X game that is all card-based. So I'm really interested in getting this one to the table and trying it. We're going to try to get our studio put back together as quickly as possible because now that we have this, I want to get a video for this one out as soon as possible because this is a game that we pre-ordered. So we did get it earlier than um, all your stores that everybody else. So hopefully I can get this one learned. We're going to get a couple plays under our belt and then get a nice video for this one out there. But so far from what I can tell, Alien Artifacts from Portal Games looks really interesting and I'm very, very excited to play this one. After that, there is a little Kickstarter that is out there, Resident Evil 2, the board game, Resident Evil. Um, I have been a huge fan of Resident Evil since the original PlayStation video game system came out. I remember when that original Resident Evil game was released. Everybody at the time when I was working at the store, the game store, purchased it. Everybody just was going crazy for that game. It was just like nothing else that anybody had ever played the Resident Evil 2 board game looks interesting. It is from Steamforged Games. It is going to be put out by the same people who did the Dark Souls board game, which I still have yet to get to the table. I need to get that one to the table. So I'm really interested in Resident Evil 2, the board game, but I don't know if I'm going to back this one. Just because, one, I haven't gotten Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls game to the table, and this looks like another miniatures game, which I don't, and it's co-op, and I, I don't know if I need another one of these. So... I'm going to wait for this to come out retail. Hopefully somebody I know is going to buy this and I'm going to get to play their copy and then we'll see if it'll get added to my collection or not. But I at least wanted to mention it because I have to mention Resident Evil because Resident Evil is just probably one of the best video game series that was 
has ever been released. So we'll just leave that at that. Then there was also another game in looking through Board Game Geek that I had found. This is another music style game. Must be a music style week for me. It is called Record. It is being published by Yanaguana Games. And it looks like a game where you're basically going to be playing a guitar, which sounds kind of interesting to me. It's a board game about playing the guitar is what it says here. So I was reading a little bit about this. I was kind of watching a few of the videos that I had seen out there um, on Board Game Geek on this one. It looks really interesting. I'm going to be keeping an eye on this one. I believe it is currently on Kickstarter. So if you're interested in record or if you're interested in playing a board game about playing the guitar, definitely check this one out. But I'm going to be keeping my eye on this one. This one has intrigued me a little bit. But that is it. Those are the games I played for the week, and those are a few of the games that I want to play. Other than that, you know what to do. Email me. Let me know what you're playing now. Send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. We have a guild over there, guild number 2440. On Twitter and Instagram, follow us at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G, like I always say. Our Facebook page, just do a search for what I'm playing now. Our Twitch channels, twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. And on YouTube, you can follow us and subscribe to us there, youtube.com slash what I'm playing now. All right, that's going to be it for this week, everybody. Thank you for joining me. Until next week, you know what to do. Go play some games and then let me know what you're playing now. Until next week, everybody, have a great week gaming, and we will see you later. Thanks for joining me. Bye-bye.